Hi, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your seriously pointless podcast about all your nerdy and geek things. Today, we will be turning back time in our attempt to save our beloved hippogriff and our wrongfully convicted godfather. My name's David, and I'm joined today by Jackie. How are you doing today, Jackie? I am pretty good. How are you? Good. We're also joined today. You might hear a few cooings in the background. Our youngest, uh, Marcella, has decided that uh, nap time is optional today, uh, and <laughs> she would you she will be in the background most likely. So, uh, but today, Jackie, we're actually uh, continuing our series on J.K. Rowling's uh, amazing Harry Potter series with the third Harry Potter book, the third installment in the tri- in the series. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. So before we get into everything, uh, all Harry Potter and Sirius Blackish, how have you been? Good. Um, just sleep deprived, but that yeah. I feel like anybody who takes care of small children understands that. Yeah. And that's just what it is. And um, we were both, uh, yeah, a little bit of a sleep deprivation, but like I said, we still got enough energy to stay uh keep keep it keep busy with the kids and and luckily we're able to get on here and talk a little bit every once in a while and this is the first well you've actually been on here with me the last couple times and a couple times in the last month or so so which i was kind of surprised which is awesome you know (laughs) it it just you know usually doesn't work out that way i know when school starts you'll be probably not as available but uh so i will take it as and you're just stealing things from mommy aren't you sweepy somehow Mm -hmm. you got your fingers scratched or swiped in there and you you stole it from mommy sorry we're getting easily distracted uh by children but uh yeah but so uh i've noticed you finally made it into the third lord of the rings book Actually, no. I'm. Oh, you didn't? I'm almost done. Oh, that's what I was. Okay. I thought, for I'm some reason, I thought done. you. I thought I saw Return of the King on there. But no, uh, so you're almost done with two towers. That's what it they was. They are going to Shelob's lair right now. So it's like it's almost almost the end. Yeah, they definitely like rearranged a few things in those books. But mm-hmm. hopefully, I was kind of hoping at some point to either get you down here to talk about them with me because I enjoy them quite a bit. I enjoyed them quite a bit. I just haven't read them in years. So well, and that's how. <laughs> The last time I've read all the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit once, and I enjoyed yeah. the Hobbit a lot, I remember, but I think I was too young to appreciate the Lord of the Rings. I feel like I had to have been like sixth grade or something when I read those, and it was just like, ugh, so many names, and like, <laughs> ugh, this is just annoying, and like, it just drug on and on. But now that I'm older, I really enjoy it, and I guess I'm yep. able to visualize more. Maybe thanks to the movies, but like maybe, yeah. I mean, I just I enjoy it a lot more, and it's like getting good, and I know what's going to happen. And I yeah. like Frodo way better in the book. I mean, Elijah Wood is great, mm-hmm. but like I just feel like he's kind of just there and like a little wussy. And a little in the bit, book, yeah. He's, I don't know. I just like the the book's portrait of him a bit better. Yeah, they do a little bit more justice. And like I said, the books are always better than the movies. So it's, Mm -hmm. but yeah, along with like yourself and many other uh, individuals, the movies really kind of thrust that series into the limelight and made people interested again. And if you guys really enjoy audiobooks, there's an excellent rendition of The Hobbit. I believe it's a full cast. Um, They did a long time ago. I remember I got it, it was before. It was in the 90s. I remember seeing So I'm thinking it was like more from like the 70s, maybe, or the 80s when they made it. Um, I just vividly remember there was this picture of Smaug on the front cover of it. And he's just this, this like gold red dragon. And he's just like super muscular looking. <laughs> not like the cat. One yeah, not like not, not, yeah, not like the cat one, which, did, which if you guys like, like that kind that of stuff, one too. that's an excellent film which i literally outside said i want to want to watch i want to talk about the movie and the um book comparison whenever mm-hmm. we get chance, especially that rank and bass one not the new ones that the peter jackson stuff yeah did. I, I was not well, a, let's not pretend let's yeah. just pretend those aren't around but <laughs> it's the, just not around so yeah the rank and bass one is but awesome. yeah it's but but talking about uh amazing trilogies uh this is the third book in the Harry Potter series that we're going to be yeah, talking about not today. Not a trilogy, but you're right, like the third book. So yeah, well, you know, it's, that's why I'm trying to make a comparison. It's called a loose connection so we can get the uh, podcast moving a along. transition. A loose transition, very much of a loose transition. But anyways, I hope everyone's having a good day today because we're going to talk about 
some slightly depressing things today in uh, the Harry Potter books. But this is my favorite book. Though. It is. This is such a good book. It's kind of. Um, it's sad because you know what's coming. That's the problem. Is I was. Uh, I, I was. But no, I just. I mean, you kind of know what's coming already, and uh, if you've read the books already, so it's kind of sad that you were thinking. And you're like, oh, this is great. Harry is like, J.K. Rowling's gonna put a, a little like a. She a puts a lot, a, a glimmer of hope, like Harry's, up, Harry. Harry's going to have, have home. he's going to have, have a family, an yeah. actual family now. It's going to be great. And then later on, like she just like wrenches it away, takes your piggy bank and bashes it with a hammer and steals well, your money from you. I mean, I feel like the other books are way darker than this. This is like, but this is a good transition to, I think we've talked about this before, but I feel like each book gets more mature it like grows with Harry. And so he's 13 in this one. They're all 13. Yes. And I feel like this is, it's just getting a little dark, but it's like, nobody's like brutally murdered. Yep. So that's good. It, yep. But it's just the whole, like, you know, yeah, this, life isn't always happy. And so it's this one and the Goblet of Fire, the Triwizard Tournament book. So the next yeah, one that gets dark. And those, these are the, more yeah, these are the two where you really start to see that transition from lighthearted children's novels to somewhat angsty teen novels. And then also into like, hey, you know, this has got some serious, serious plot lines in it, you know, no mm -hmm. pun intended, but it's, it's definitely got a lot more heavy themes to it. So um, so before we get into the plot of the story, uh, a little bit about the, the book. So Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban is a fantasy novel written by British author J.K. Rowling and is the third in the Harry Potter series. The book follows Harry Potter, a young wizard, in his third year in the Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Along with friends Ron Weasley and Hermione Granger, Harry investigates Sirius Black, an escaped prisoner from Azkaban, the wizard prison believed to be one of Lord Voldemort's old allies. This book was uh, published originally published in the United Kingdom on J July 8th of 1999 by Bloomsbury. Who's, who's the guy. These are the guys that have been published in the last two books. I think they pretty much published all of her books. Uh, and it was also published later on in September of 99 by Scholastic, who has all the rights to the uh, Harry Potter books in the States from what I remember. So, yeah, you're right on that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, so sure. initial impressions of the book. When did you, let's ask this, no, let's, let's dial it back a little bit. When did you first read the, this book? Um, When I was 13. Oh, it was wow. kind of like, it seemed like, that's why I think I have such a strong connection to this book, me and a lot of my close friends, because we... Like we started reading them when we were like 11. Ooh, Harry's 11. That could be me. And like yeah. I, it was whenever it was available pretty much is when I started reading it. Um, and I kind of, I'm sure I read it for school for like AR, accelerated reading. Uh, but <laughs> If anybody remembers that, that's we, a great program. Yeah, I know we bought it for sure. And yeah. this is the one I've read the most because it's my favorite. Um is it your favorite too, sweetheart? Marcy likes it too. Um, and it's a different, a side note, but I really, this is my favorite of the movies too. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps. But even before the movie came out, I had the visualization like of how it would look. I think the movie was on point with like the hippogriff and like the flying scene and the night yeah. bus. And there's, I just remember loving this book there's so many exciting things in it and so much intrigue especially in the end with the time turner like how that gets so dramatic of like oh my gosh we have to do this just right and we can't see ourselves we can't let ourselves see us oh my gosh and then the whole like the marauders map yeah. introducing that um they definitely the intrigue yeah. of like the rat like freaking scabbers really <laughs> Mm. <laughs> I just, won't say any more, but I mean, it just, it gets intense. Well, it's really fun to think of it, you know, uh, especially that JK takes, you know, the foundation you had in the first two books and she really kind of like makes, explodes the world essentially mm -hmm. because you, you have in the first two books, you have little like inklings of what the world, the wizarding world is like. Right. But in the third one, it just it just straight up sets up, you know, 
that there's this whole governing governing body around around the whole uh, wizarding world that keeps everything in check. You know, that's just, you know, mainly for the United Kingdom from what I remember. But there have there is different, you know, governing bodies of of, for wizarding uh, communities throughout the world as well. Mm -hmm. And but at the same time, you know, like any other, you know, society, they have laws and you start to get a little bit more of backstory about like, you know, Harry's parents and things like that. You get a lot more of that where they kind of didn't really, she didn't really dive into it as much. You can tell this is where she started to kind of lay the groundwork for the, the, the big the, ending, the big ending mm-hmm. essentially, which is great, which is, I, which is why I think in my opinion too, as well, this is within, this is out of the seven books that they have. Seven. Mm-hmm. This is probably my second favorite. What's your favorite? I really like Order of the Phoenix. The angsty? Yeah. Is emo that? One? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's a me thing. I don't know okay, why. I really cool. like that. You're like, really? That's I think fun. I mean, might have to get divorced now, David. That's no, just, <laughs> all I remember about that one is Harry and like Cho Chang. Yeah. And then like, oh, I'm in love. Oh, I hate everything. The world sucks. And it's just, I mean, it's what it's like being 15, I guess. So I think she it just, does a good job painting that. Accurately. Yeah. Look, I think it came out right about the time when I was like 15, 16. I think I really enjoyed it. So that's probably kind of like you said, similar. Oh, you think so, too? Yeah. Sorry, guys. I'm going to be talking to the baby quite a bit because she's wide awake and she's just like making all these cooing sounds. She's almost three months old and she's very smiley. So she's yeah. grinning at me. and it's real cute. She's so beautiful. But. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think that in this one, they she does an excellent job of, like, like I said, pushing the characters forward. She doesn't she doesn't uh, stall at all. I know a lot of people, um, I've read some of the reviews, like the initial reviews when this came out, like back in the 90s, and some folks were like, you know, this is pretty black and white, I'm like, she could have done better at this, you know, but I'm like, for real? I was just like, maybe, this is also, that was also an an adult reading the book for the first time. Yeah, and I think the thing is, like, keep in mind, she's gearing this towards, like, kids and young adults. Yeah, absolutely. These are definitely young adult novels. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one thing. I think that's why we kind of cherish it so much is that we grew up with them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I guess everybody has that thing. It's kind of like when my dad, he really like, he'll sit and watch the old Star Trek um, episodes, TV episodes, because it's got, it's it's what he watched that's when he was a kid. With, he yeah. watched when he was a kid. And so it's kind of nostalgic a little bit. Um, and I'm sure your dad does that kind of stuff. It's like we were watching a long time ago. We were watching Leave it to Beaver. And your dad was just absorbed with it. I remember <laughs> watching it. He never watched. They never really had time to watch yeah. TV. But I think it reminds him of, of like that, that he grew up with. Yeah. And that's and why I, he likes it. And I think that's kind of interesting that, you know, it's always something like that comes from our childhood. So I really like that idea that, you know, that she 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 transitions us into from, you know, childhood into adulthood which is great, you know, because that's that's kind of what you want to do with your audience. And I think she kind of understood that, you know, even though that she was making these books for kids and young adults, she understands the that the people that are reading them are going from one age to another. And I think that's what really kind of encapsulates this. It's not like 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 some other books like there. I don't remember if you remember the uh, the Percy Jackson books at all. Uh, I only read the first one and didn't I mean, yeah eh. it was okay but like if you read this something came way out i'm mean, not way after harry potter but this i feel like a lot of things came after harry potter and they try to copy to emulate the, it yeah um, but that's what i think the big difference with some of those books are and the original harry potter series was that the tone stays the same throughout the whole thing and it never really like grows with you mm-hmm. right you know, things happen to these characters, but they never really grow or change a ton. You know, some they might a little bit, but they, like I said, J.K. Rowling just encapsulated. She captured that transition from childhood to adolescence to to adulthood, mm-hmm. essentially, very, very well in these books. And you, you, we're going to expound on that a little bit more in some of the later episodes, obviously, because we have four more books to talk about. 
but I think she does an excellent job with that. And that's what really kind of sets these books apart from so many other mm-hmm. uh, copycats, if you, as, for lack of a better term, as it were, um, or younger, young adult series, let's even mm-hmm. say that. So, But oh. um, do you want to talk a little bit about the, the plot? The plot? <laughs> I, I know, with, without expounding on I'll ring you in. There's, I'm like, yeah, like I said, this Black is the one Betty. I've read the most, and I really enjoy it. Um, but it starts with, um, Harry's so at home. Harry, yeah, I got that. I'm uh, trying to think I how got it. to explain it. I, how He's do I? At home with the Dursleys, and if I remember correctly, he hasn't had communication all summer from nope. Ron or Hermione. Yep. And he's very upset and kind of mad about it. And his aunt comes, who is um, Vernon's sister, and she is not a nice person. Aunt Marge. And, yes, Marge. And she Marge, has her dear. little bulldogs. And um, she, so they're all eating dinner together, and she is taking every opportunity to comment on, like, Harry is so, nasty and scraggly you remember so before she she gets there do you remember the part so i i remember this part in the book that that he is sitting in front of their watching television it's one of the few times that like the dursleys have let him watch television with them and marge isn't there yet and um they see like that it's in the news report and they say be on the lookout for an escaped convict serious black yeah yeah and he's like so that's interesting that even the muggles are But yeah, and they didn't it. they don't say like they just say he's a insane convict. he like came like ran away from an insane asylum or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, just, it's really kind of they don't expound on that he's a wizard. It's just really interesting that like they talk about that. But mm-hmm. but yeah, then yeah, but but then March that. but March shows up, March yeah. March shows up and she's insulting Harry over and over again. Of course she, she is, yeah. She basically says it's like with her dogs. Like she's talk, she says something like well, Petunia, it's not your fault, dear, but your sister. And she's like, it's the same with dogs. If there's something wrong with a the bitch, there'll be something wrong with a pup. And it's like, then Harry just loses it. Yeah. And he casts a spell on her without realizing. And it's the spell to like inflate her into a balloon. That's right. She is. And she flies away. And she, it's hilarious. Well, yeah, she hits the hits the ceiling, kind of like floats she, like, out the goes window. Out the big like bay windows yeah. onto like their you know outside deck or their porch. And in the in the movie, garden. they they kind of the uh, movie does they it ex- perfectly. They exaggerate they it a little it, bit. Yeah, and Dudley is sitting there like eating and watching TV the yeah, entire time, just not, and even, not even not even caring. And, and Petunia are freaking out, and Harry yeah. is like just kind of staring, like, oh yeah. my. god. Go, what well, like the minute she starts she to float out, away. the minute she starts to float out the bay windows, he just starts. He runs upstairs and starts packing. Yes, he's just like I'm done. I'm going. like f this. I'm I'm out. You know. Yeah, and it's like um, you said it's very interesting because um, they like you said she's intro Rowling is introducing the wizarding world here mm-hmm. in the governing body. And I think she does a good job with this because shortly after you meet the Minister of Magic. Yep. And normally for an offense like that, like using magic the, to blow up yeah, your aunt into a balloon and fly away across the sky, that's a big deal. But you, you get the Hagrid you notice treatment. the tone of Cornelius Fudge, the minister, yeah. is like, oh, we wouldn't send anyone to Azkaban for blowing up their aunt. And, blah, blah, and it's like, oh, it's okay, Harry. It was just a little accident. It's not a big deal. And is very big contrast to how he behaves in the later books. Oh yeah. For like very minor, minor magical accidents. But the whole reason you find out later is they're terrified that Sirius has escaped and he's yeah. going to go for Harry. And they're like, yeah. so that's why they're so they're just trying to be nice. To him. Yeah. But before all that, Harry, there's the whole night bus thing mm-hmm. with, um, Stanley Shunpike. Yeah. yeah. And so that is the movie does a great job with that too. And I'll stop quoting the movie or referencing it. But I feel like that is a really funny part too, Uh because I remember Harry is like, you know, runs away from home. Like you said, with his trunk and Hedwig and all his stuff. And he's like, I'm just done. And he's sitting there in the park. um, just waiting. Like, which is where he actually has his, uh... he sees, he has his first encounter with what you don't know is Sirius Black, right? You don't know Black, it's right? Sirius Black, yeah. but a big black dog 
looking at him and he's kind of like, what is that? And then the night bus shows up and it's yep. like, it's for, yeah. you know, lost witches and wizards. Yep. Or if he, you know, and eventually, you eventually he ends up making his way to Toronto. He goes to Diagonal Diagon Alley and Diagon then he, Alley. he runs and into uh, Ron and Hermione after a few months, after about a month, I think it's still a couple of weeks or something like that. Cause he's got like a, it's like middle of summer when all this happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends up, you know, running into Hermon, running Hermione and they're like, yeah, we heard about all this, you know? So, you know, they end up getting ready. They go and get their stuff ready for school and then they, it's basically, yeah. um, Ron's dad also comes down yeah. and like warns him and tells him like, this is what happened and serious black. This is who he is. Yeah. And they well, don't, they, they just tell him that he's, they just tell him, they don't tell him the connection to his parents. Yeah, they, they just, just say tell that, him that he was Voldemort's right hand. Yeah. Right, man, that's all they tell him. They, they leave it vague. Yeah. I think they do say that he, um, I think it's like, it's his fault that Harry's parents are dead. Like he, yeah, he helped him find them, but they don't, you know, make the connection of well, he was the best man at their wedding. He was your dad's yeah. best friend. Like they don't go to all the any of that all yet. the important things that you're, yeah, they you know, like reveal that yet. Help out a little bit, and they they you don't really get all that information. Luckily, like I said, Until you know, she later. kind of J.K. kind of give you gives you little you know sips of of information here and there, mm-hmm. and she keeps it good. She keeps it, you know, keeps the um. What's the word I'm looking the for? Intrigue. The intrigue. Yeah, very mm-hmm. well, uh, very well paced throughout the whole book. And so you're constantly like, I'm going to keep going because she's giving you little bits of information here. So you want to know more and more mm-hmm. and more like, hey, how's all this connected kind of thing? And as you go through the book, obviously, you know, Harry picks up on these little things that, you know, uh, you know, Sirius is a lot more integral to his life than people let on. Complex too. Much, much more complex. And, and you end up, finding out that um you know obviously that he's his godfather in the in the book um and they have to end up trying to save him don't they you know there's mm-hmm. a lot more intricate in there but i don't want to ruin it ruin it yeah, all the way for him i mean some other like snippets this is not necessarily chronological but like yeah. big things i would say that happened in this book hagrid is now the care of magical creatures he gets a promotion teacher. yes um fail up as it were yeah. well and <laughs> nice guy not a very good teacher. No, he starts his first lesson with hippogriffs. And in the yep. book, in the movie, they just bring out Buckbeak, the one. Yeah. But in the book, it's like there's three six. or something. No, it's like oh, there's a lot of them. Yeah, oh, wow. because they're all I was obsessed with horses. And yeah. he described Rowling describes how each one is a different color. It's like there's a bay is, one. There's is, a Palomino one. What there's is the like later after that, after the whole Malfoy incident? What is the other creatures he brings out after that? They're oh, like, oh, the slugs. They're slugs. He, they're like. <laughs> I thought I was thinking of the little. Uh, they're what, like globworms. Blasted scroots. That's in the next book, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, the well, one, the blast in and scroots. Yeah, the th- they think that maybe he like bred them on his own. Yeah, <laughs> like you start know, to think a little bit like, what is he doing? Like, well, and and it's just like he he was so excited with the hippogriffs, and he was doing such a good job, and like it was, you know, it's not really his fault. Dangerous it's, creatures, but he explains that you have to bow to them. Yeah. They're very proud, and it's, he has it's the a class. turd. It's a turd mouth yes, voice. Well, fault. he has the class split up in groups and they all go work with um, a hippogriff on their own. Mm-hmm. And um, Harry, Ron and Hermione, I believe had started with Buckbeak and all goes well. They bow and they let, you know, he lets them pet them, yeah. pet him. And they're all like, okay, good. And then Malfoy's group gets a turn and he's, yeah, he's a little shit. insulting to it. And then so Buckbeak rears up and slashes his arm. Yeah. And then Malfoy is like, oh, he's killed me. He's killed me. And then that's. <laughs> so I'll be maimed whole, for life. Yeah. That starts the whole thing of like, well, it was obviously Malfoy's fault, yeah. but then Malfoy's dad is with a, you know, jovial, kind person he is gets involved. And it's like, he just, Hagrid's, yeah. you know, first I think it's Hagrid's going to be fired, but then they, you know, talk him down. And then it's like, well, Buckbeak will be executed. So oh, you that's know, the yeah. Part. Oh, yeah. Then he that make, ties McNair. into the ending. Yes, <laughs> but you. I was like, you remember a lot more than I thought. Um, He's actually a Death Eater. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're right. Now I remember that. <laughs> but then another big part of this is third year is when they get to go to Hogsmeade. That's right. On special trips, Holla. but you have to have the signature of a parent That's or right. guardian. Mm. And Harry, with the 
aunt incident. Would would you have let would you have let a kid go to Hogsmeade, right, Jackie, if you hadn't had a didn't have a permission slip? No. You wouldn't let the rules slide. No. <laughs> teacher, teacher. Sorry. I'd be like, meh, get in. It's fine. It's not worth me losing my job. Eh. Eh, I'd be like, get in. We're getting executed. The wizarding world is kind of psycho. So I'm. Do you think you would get executed that. because you like didn't have a piece of paper signed? Well, what like... if he goes to Hogsmeade and he gets killed? Whoa! It's I not that would. Anyway, that's the point. <laughs> that was <laughs> that escalated. That escalated quickly yeah, from like. You got to think that way as a teacher, man. They warp your mind. Like you. you is never that how know it is? Going to be on your back for something? You're, You're like, gotta... I I let that one kid sit next to his best friend, and now they're all going to die. They're going to cause like you some. No, man. <laughs> got to be. Gotta that be is smart. that's intense. Why would you go that way it's with it? It's not that dramatic, but anyway, no. You're like I, that one child, he didn't turn in. He didn't no. turn in his Spanish homework, so now the world shall end. It, it's not that dramatic. But anyway, it's... Hogsmeade, point of that. Yeah. That ties in importantly well, for many reasons. Yeah. There's the haunted, like, the, the shrieking, um, shrieking shack. shack. They learn um, about that. Butterbeer. Yeah. Well, he didn't. He, so the first time that um, well, that he, all, the, all of them go, he doesn't get to go. No, he asks McGonagall, like, I thought since, you know, I didn't get yeah. my uncle and aunt to sign yeah. this, I thought maybe you could sign. And she said, no, I can't. And so well, she pulls go. the heart. The reason she does it is because she thinks that Sirius is trying to find him and hurt him. Because at that point, I think all she... the more reason to not sign the paper. But anyway, there. So well, you're that such a Debbie Downer. The, Where's uh, your Marauders sense of adventure? <laughs> you gotta uh, live on the edge a little bit. You get old. Sorry, just get it gets it gets old and it changes. <laughs> you just get old because like... you're just so gray and haggard. You know it's... exactly. You just, adventure is like going on a trip or sitting on your couch and eating a lot of chocolate. But I digress. Ooh, slow down there, <laughs> man. Anyway, the whole thing about the Hogsmeade trips, yeah. eventually um, Fred and George give him the Marauder's Map. Yeah. Because they said, you know, we've memorized it basically, so we don't need this anymore. That's that's a Fred and George thing to it do. Is. They're and like, they're like, you know, there's a path. There's several paths to get to Hogsmeade. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think they know he has an invisibility cloak. Maybe <laughs> they do. They're pretty clever. But they're like, probably not. You can figure it out. But yeah. he's got the invisibility cloak. So even better. And he takes the so path of the there. behind the one eyed witch. Yeah, that yeah. statue. And the Marauders map is a whole huge thing like that links to the end. Um, and it has it's created by Messers, which I had to look up. You want I me never to tell really you? knew what that was. No, I already did. Oh it's, my goodness! So I'll step it's back. how you refer to um, a group of men simultaneously in a formal way. So, okay. like saying "Mister," but plural. Mister. So Messers. Messers. Okay. And so that's Messers, Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs. Mm -hmm. And sadly, this is one of my biggest critiques in the movie. They never explain who those people are. Yeah. But in the book. Definitely at the end. They you assume you know. All of them. So before we move on, can I do one quote about the Marauders map? Yes. Okay. So this is shortly after uh, Professor Snape uh, finds the map on Harry uh, during an encounter, and he attempts to try and <laughs> make it work. Reveal your secrets. Reveal your secrets. Mister Mooney presents his compliments to Professor Snape and begs him keep his abnormally large nose out of other people's business. <laughs> Mr. Prongs agrees with Mr. Mooney and would like to add that Professor Snape is an ugly git. Mr. Padfoot would like to register his astonishment that an idiot like that ever became a professor. Mr. Wormtail bids Professor Snape good day and advises him to wash his hair, the slime bowl. <laughs> I remember that. That is remember. great. And so it's like a, a slightly sentient piece of parchment that has all these it's been enchanted yeah to have the map of hogwarts, of hogwarts surrounding yeah. areas and this is one of the most amazing amazing the fact that you think that you end up finding out that it was you know um harry's dad and his friends made this map you end mm -hmm. up finding out the fact that they made this while they were in in in, in were school students. and students yeah. that's insane okay and that they had enchanted it to where every single person in the castle or on the grounds yep. appears with their little name. No matter what, yeah. Around. So you know that that's 
it's pretty. Kind of, it's a giveaway because you see the thing that says Peter Pettigrew on exactly. it. Exactly. And Harry is like, well, I thought he was dead. Yeah. And But he appears on the map moving around. And that's when he's he tells Lupin that, Professor Remus Lupin, who see that, I guess, another plot thing to mention. He's hired as the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. The post who happens to also vacated. be a.k.a. Mr. Mooney. Exactly. So... Can I just say what he is? I mean, I feel like people know he's a werewolf, but he's one of my favorite characters. And this is werewolf one thing where I really did not like the movie's choice of actor because that mm. is not how mm. he looks in my head and the nasty mustache. I was just like, no, it's just wrong. But um, he's gonna... actually like, I think probably their best defense against the dark arts yeah, teacher. I would agree like with that. The yeah. best one that they've had so far. And he, I feel I like mean, the best one he hits that they have. He hits all the things career. he hits, uh, he, you know, some things that kid, you know, very practically kid that goes Grindy Lowe's. He does, uh, bog arts. And I think he does. Um, he actually talks about, he actually teaches Harry how to fight against the mentors because at one point, whenever he's on the train, that's, when and then the, that's how they meet the. That's meet how they meet him. That he he they Lupin, he ends up. They sit in his, yeah. his little cab. Gives him a piece of chocolate. And he actually teaches you know Harry uh, how to do the Patronus tar- charm, mm-hmm. uh, which actually ends up helping him later on down the line, mm-hmm. um, quite a bit actually. And so that's kind of one of those skills that he he takes on throughout his whole career, and which you know just shows a testament of how good of a teacher. Yeah, um, Ramus Lupin is, you know, and you kind of feel sad in the end. Um, I don't want to spoil too much on that. I'm thinking like way, 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 way down, way, yeah, way, way into the, the line, series. But, but still, mean, now, it's like, he's a very he's a very great character. And it's actually really interesting that um, um, J.K. actually rallying. Uh, here's a quote from her. She actually uh, is, is quoted as saying the, the this is actually one of the best experiences uh, the best writing experiences that I've ever had. And I was very com- in a very comfortable place writing uh, number three. Um, and immediate financial worries were over and press uh, and press attention wasn't yet by any means excessive. Um, she's also quoted as saying that Ramus Lupin uh, was actually one of her favorite characters she's ever created. I, yeah, I love him. So. Like he's he is one of my most favorite characters in all the books. Definitely Hermione is. My favorite favorite, but I <laughs> Gee, think I wonder why. Remus Lupin would be the second. See, I'm more of a Ron kind of guy. Well, and I like Ron too. I really, I feel like she does a very good job creating likable characters, and maybe not likable, but realistic I re- characters know who that you I can like. identify you know with. I, like? I can really identify with Malfoy. I knew you were going to say that. I thought you were going to be like, say crab, like crab cra- or gore. Crab, crab is my spirit animal. They're like, they're like the same, so... <laughs> Like, they're interchangeable. Like, ugh. It's like, I like to beat rocks. <laughs> That's depressing. That's how I always think of those two. It's just like, they're just kind of like very dim-witted thugs that... Uh, they're goons. They're goons. And later on, they become very, like, they're they're a little bit more than just goons, but they're, like, almost malicious later on in the other books, so... Yeah, I think... I forget one of them more so than the other, but... Anyway. I believe it's... I believe it's Crab is a little bit more malicious the one than... one that uses that awful fire... Because his dad is an actual... Everybody. His dad is an actual Death Eater, and I think... I don't think Goyle's dad is... I think his... I think I'd, I'd have to look it up I later on. I don't care enough about either of them to really delve into that. Oh, see. Or like pay see, super. See, that's the thing is I went down a rabbit hole a long time ago, about a year ago uh, on the, uh, it's like a Harry Potter verse channel. Oh, I went down. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of went over a lot of the death eaters and like their different families and like who the main mm-hmm. ones are. And they kind of briefly touched on that one. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to watch some really interesting stuff, I cannot remember the name of the, 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 youtube channel but they do a lot of uh, uh the harry potter verse and they go over like the different like you know you know history on the werewolves mm-hmm. um they do and all kinds of different stuff even like they go over like ever morning where the original houses come from oh, the, the line of slytherin yeah it's really interesting it's really fun to, to look into but i like that kind of stuff so the um... but anyways getting back on track um, you made me think of one other big plot point, and then yeah. you can we can discuss other thoughts. But the um, the time turner mm. that's a huge plot point because the Hermione first, yeah. like 
and of course, during this whole book, they talk <laughs> a lot about school and classes and what they're learning. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, woven in with all of the adventure and such. But Hermione has been taking so many classes. Like it's, it's, it's like not double, physically possible. Like She's double taking the amount, double the yeah. amount of classes, more or less. And I think Ron and Harry do confront her. They don't confront her, but they do ask her at certain times, like, well, how can you be in muggle studies? For one, why are you in muggle studies? You are a muggle. <laughs> She's like, I want to learn about the wizarding perspective on muggles, but uh, the non-wizarding community. But it's like that class is at the exact same time as another one of their classes. And she's in like, I think the only class, the divination. Oh gosh. See another plot point we forgot, but that's Professor the only Trani. class she seems to not like. Cause she doesn't like Trani. who plays, who plays her in the movie. I can't remember. Emma Thompson plays Which, her. She does an excellent she does job. A very good job. But in it going back to the time Turner thing, basically Hermione is taking classes that are at the exact same time. And she never misses a class that Harry and Ron can mm-hmm. see. And they say, well, how, how is this happening? And she's like, don't worry about it. I just don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. I just study, but you can see as the book goes on, she's getting more and more stressed and frazzled. Yep. So it's getting to her and you find out near the end. <laughs> the only reason she's able to do this is because she was given special permission to yeah. use the time Turner, which literally lets you travel. So do you remember the part where she finally like they they're doing like tea leaves or something like that? And Hermione back to divination. Yeah. And like, well, it's it's they go back to the divination. And if Hermione's like, well, this is stupid. And she like it's the first class. She like just quits and leaves. And she's like, this is dumb. And like and then Trelawney just like offhandedly says, like, not everyone has uh, the inner eye, the connection with the of the small mind says something basically like it's just like painful. she's she's like dumb you know and it's just like and they're all everyone's like whoa yeah and you find out trelawney is integral too to the whole like harry yeah. potter prophecy and because she's kind of one of those one-hit think, wonder kind yeah, of people harry potter talks to a dumbledore even about it like why is she even a teacher like she doesn't yeah. know anything and he kind well, of says like she start- wants yeah. Like she's a descendant of like a true seer yeah. and it's yeah. like, she has given like a real legitimate prophecy before and she does. Is that it a weird thing? I in kind the of, book. So I have a weird kind of like idea that like Dumbledore is kind of a purveyor of lost puppies essentially. Oh yeah, he is like, he totally feels bad for some people or for pe- oh, somebody. Yeah. And he's just like, I'll give you a job. Yeah. And you can come teach at this school. I mean, he does it with everybody. Like even Snape, you know, well, he's kind of an outsider. Yeah. McGonagall is a different story. McGonagall was, she was on track. She She's was there. Another one of my she favorites. was a teacher. I'm pretty sure whenever Dumbledore was a teacher, like she was probably younger, started off yeah. a little bit after he was, but she'd been working there before he became headmaster. Mm-hmm. But everyone since then has kind of, is kind of, it's kind of like, Hey, I well, feel bad for lot. you. Yeah. There's you know? a lot of people like that. And I, I think yeah, you're right. He like has a he's Hagrid, a good. Well, as I said, yeah, he he's job. got he's got a good heart, and he is really trying to make a home for people. Talking about family, he tries to make a, kind of an artificial home for mm-hmm. some of these folks. Yeah, I think you mentioned at the very beginning, going back to the beginning of this podcast, yeah. how J.K. Rowling wrenches away Harry's chance of a home, and I yeah. meant to say I would argue that Harry has a home. Hogwarts is his home, yeah. and he has a family like Ron and Hermione mm-hmm. and to some degree different kind the of other family. teachers like so he does have a home and a family it's just not the same as what we thought could happen at the end and I will agree when I first read this book at like 13 when I got to the end I was crying I was so upset like that Harry could have had this beautiful family life and then it was taken yeah. away but it wasn't, it wasn't this book it was next book You're talking about when Sirius dies no that's oh, the fifth book. oh talking you're talking about, about when he takes off. He could have. They were gonna. He was gonna take off with them. Yeah. Clear Sirius's name. Yeah, but he. And then but they can't. Yeah. They can't. But they. And they, they also clear his name. Yeah. And then he was going to take Harry, and like Harry could live with him. Yeah, but then you end up finding out, even further down the line, that it's it's there's a reason why he has to go back to the Dursleys. Yeah, you do. And it's important that he goes back there because it keeps him safe. And eventually, there's mm-hmm. not, he can't. 
you know, yeah, but once he comes of age, but. comes of age. But but there's one quote um, kind of going back to the divination thing um, that I wanted to read you. Uh, this is when Ron and uh, Harry, they'd already just done. It's like a little bit after they just did the uh, dream. The true prophecy. No, okay. not yet. So it goes Ron is talking to Harry. He goes, I dreamed I was buying a new buying new shoes last night, said Ron. What do you think that's going to mean? Probably that you're gonna do gonna going to be eaten by a giant marshmallow or something," said Harry. <laughs> so yeah, and that's how that's the how whole class is. they they kind of just think the whole class is a big freaking joke. Which, mm-hmm. to be fair, it kind of is. Well, and there's also another plot part to work in the Dementors and the Grim. The whole idea yep. of what a Grim is, because I think the first or the second day they're reading their tea leaves. You're just gonna Trelawney give away, give it all away, over, aren't you? And she's like. <gasps> Oh my dear boy, you have the grim, and it's like in his cup. The, what is? And then it's they a big they, black dog. Oh, well, it looks is, like a black dog, it's and then death, like yeah, it, it and means then death is coming. They tell you. Professor McGonagall this, and she goes, "Oh, tr-, she goes, Sybil is always predicting somebody's death once a year, like every year. Every year, somebody's gonna, gonna die." And, McGonagall hates her. The she really does. Hate each other, and it's really funny. <laughs> like it, it's funny to see the interplay of Hermione and Trelawney, but then McGonagall. Well, and to be fair, is McGonagall is essentially just like an older version of Hermione. Hermione exactly. So that's probably why I like her so much. But um, the the whole thing with the Grim it actually works in because yeah. Harry is seeing a big black dog. Yeah through out everywhere and you already said we don't know in the beginning but that's serious black yeah, he is an animagus, an animagus. Yep. and we learned that do you want me to tell about the marauders map the names of those people Pat well we Flick? kind of already kind of yeah that they were the all animagi animagi yeah you know what you you say what you wanted to say okay instead of well mooses or mises yeah mooney is the word the werewolf he's not yep. an animagus but the other three learned how to be one yep. to spend time with him when he was a wolf yeah, you learn you learn that his dad was able to turn into a stag and peter pettigrew was able to turn into a, a rat, rat which Spatters. find out later yes he's been uh, a rat this whole time while ron is just like dressing on and undressing in front of him which is super I creepy love how at the end when uh, peter pettigrew is trying to appeal to all of them when they <laughs> they confront him in the shrieking shack, yeah. shrieking shack, yeah. and Lupin and Sirius. They they make it, it. The book does it so much better. Yeah, the movie makes it almost sinister. Like Sirius is going to kill. Oh yeah, Harry, and it makes it more dramatic. I didn't care for that as much. But the book, like, there Lupin is like, no, Harry. Like we're trying to explain, and Harry's like, no, like Sirius is the reason my parents are dead, and he's actually, I think, got his wand pointed at Sirius, like he wants to attack him. Um, and then they're able to, they bring out the rat, and they turn him, they force him to turn back into Peter Pettigrew. And I remember Ron saying, like Peter goes around to her, like Hermione, oh sweet girl, please save me, Harry, please save me, and then he goes Master. to Ron, please save me, and then Ron is just like. I let you sleep in my bed. I and love just like complete horror and disgust. This nasty on his old face. man was like, in his bed for that years. Is beautiful. Like poor Ron. Like yeah. talk about trauma. Absolutely. Oh my God. Like that's trauma. I, that's what I said. He's like, you can imagine that the whole time. I hope that people listening to this have read the books or at least familiar it is just, with the film because I feel like we've been really bouncy, bouncy. And if I was listening okay. to this, I would be like, what is even happening? Like, it doesn't just, matter. What is happening? I guarantee you, if they listen to this, they've read the book. And if they haven't read the book, I highly recommend that you go listen to the book. Or read it. <laughs> or read it. I'm more of an audiobook kind of guy. I but know. yeah, they're available everywhere from what I've mm-hmm. gathered. You can pretty much get it. You can go to public library and grab it, I'm pretty sure. But it's phenomenal. So, but, but going off of that, so obviously we have a fond love for the narration of the book. Is there a one particular point in the book that you have greater admiration for than others the whole time turning thing okay i guess i are you talking about sleep deprivation but finally getting back to i mentioned that as a big plot point i'm talking about at the very near the end Mm -hmm. when they know buckbeak is going to be executed um and sirius has been caught he's up in the tower because the whole shrieking shack thing already happened um and they like um Lupin had turned into the werewolf and they all like went to 
hell and Snape got confused and it was just bad. So after all of that and Harry and Ron and Hermione are back in the infirmary and Dumbledore comes in to talk to them and Ron has had his like legs seriously injured. So he can't like walk so he can't go with them. But Dumbledore looks at Hermione and says like, you know what to do. I think three turns should do it or something. And he says, if you act, if you work quickly, um, more than one innocent life will be spared tonight. And he's, they know that Dumbledore is kind of a crazy old guy, but he's telling all this to Hermione and Ron and Harry are like, what the, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then Dumbledore just smiles. is like, good luck and leaves. And then Hermione, they look at her and it's like, what was that about? And Hermione gets out the little hourglass pendant and she's like, this is how I've been getting to classes all year. This is a time turner. And she's like, sorry, Ron, because you can't, you can't walk. So you can't go. So she puts the chain chain around Harry and then turns it and they go back in time. That's right. And they, that laid a fool. I feel like the movie does a great job of that too. The book. Awesome. It just, it is so exciting. So it's like this, Oh my gosh, they have to do it perfectly. If, they can't be seen by themselves. So a little oh bit of gosh. a little bit of a spoiler. If you enjoy that part of this book, you will really enjoy Harry Potter and the Cursed Child because they bring the time turner stuff back into it. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same. Yeah. It's it's different. So I will leave it at that. I don't okay. want to I don't want to ruin <laughs> See, it for you. I haven't gotten to read that it's yet. It's really really fun. Okay. So because that um, was my favorite part because the whole I feel like you just get excited because it's like you're there with them yeah. and it's like the whole like I have to do it like perfectly or like the consequences are dire and it's mm-hmm. just like an exciting like yeah. game. Thing. Well, because the whole we time is you're this. you've got to on top of like, you know, skirting around the normal everyday What's people, everything's on, going on. Yeah. You have to try to get around your yourselves too. Because if you see yourself, then like Hermione's like, think about like men the implications, and witches and wizards have gone insane yep. from messing with time. Like this is a very yep. serious thing. You can't see yourself and it's big, big, big. Well, no. going from that, I guess my favorite part is whenever um, it's, it's the initial, like you said, the initial part where you find out that Hagrid is going to be care of magical creatures. And he has that, that buck beak scene. <laughs> I like the buck beak scenes because, I do too. That's because I really mean. enjoy the fact that um, Malfoy is just a total git in this. And then he kind of gets what he has, um, which I actually have a specific quote. I want to read for you. Um, I know I'm all full of quotes today. Um, so um, this is the part where uh, I believe it is that Malfoy is kind of talking smack about uh, Hagrid. So he goes, have you seen anything quite pathetic as pathetic said Malfoy? And he's supposed to be our teacher. Harry and Ron both made furious, furious moves towards Malfoy, but Hermione got there first. Smack! She had slapped Malfoy across the face with all the strength she could muster. Malfoy staggered. Harry, Ron, Crabbe, and Goyle stood flabbergasted as Hermione raised her hand again. Don't you dare call Hagrid pathetic, you foul, you evil. Hermione, said Ron weakly. And he tried to grab her hand as she swung it back again. Get off, wrong. Hermione pulled out her wand. Malfoy stepped backward. Crab and Goyle looked at him for instruction, thoroughly bewildered. Come on, Malfoy muttered. And in a moment, all in a moment, all three of them had disappeared into the passageway to the dungeons. Hermione, Ron said again, sounding both stunned and impressed. See, and it's funny because that. Like that happens um, in the movie. They do that closer to the end. Yeah. But yeah, in the book, I remember that now Hermione. See, that's why I love her. She's a bamf. <laughs> and I love how they, they're like, just that's like, a girl hitting him. She's what like, do we do? Like, I'm we're just not done. supposed to hit girls. I'm just done with this little turds like BS, you know? So I'm going to like take it and I show them how I really feel. Take them out, man. And then Crab and Goyle are just like, oh, what we do, boss? Yes, <laughs> what we do? We don't. We you know, not hit ladies. Right? We, we no hit lady, right? So I guess going from there, <laughs> did you have a part in the book that you probably thought you, you could have done, it could have been done a little better or are there, is it just a flawless masterpiece altogether? Um, gosh. Now I will say it's probably been about 
mm, five to seven years since I've read it mm-hmm. last. Um, honestly, with the book, no, I can't really think of anything that I would improve because I just loved it. And maybe if you gave me a homework assignment to read it and find something that could have been improved, okay, I could do that. Like uh, more hippogriffs or I don't know. Yeah, and I, like, I, I'll, I'll agree with you on this. You know, like I... The movie I could critique a lot more. Oh, but yeah. that's because I loved the book well, so much. Well, it's because they, they had to cut out stuff out of the, yeah, of the book. Yeah, and they had to change things. For the movie, and they made so. the werewolf look like a, you know, a emaciated kind of weird yeah i didn't really like how they did that i hated i don't know i've they're supposed to be a family friend told me she thought it was like a british thing that just she's like think about this came from england and this is maybe like the british idea of a werewolf but then the director of this movie alfonso cuaron is mexican so maybe it's (laughs) like the mexican idea of a werewolf i should know more about he's more of a chupacabra he looks like a chupacabra is legit emaciated kind of a wendigo looking kind of thing almost so horrible so yeah it is it was not my cup of tea but yeah it's it's that's one of the things but yeah i'm kind of the same boat as you are with the book i i truly enjoyed it i don't think they're really any it it slows down a little bit in the middle but that's pretty normal for most Mm -hmm. books but she it does a very good job you all the details she's yeah i feel like this one just pacing is excellent there's so many exciting things happening and like you you read the quote about how rowling said this was like her favorite to write because there wasn't so much press she wasn't financially strained and i think you can see that like she is having fun yeah like I've been, she knows that it's not just a one-off where she's like, "Oh, I just I, I did these two books that are really really good. They're world you know, world mm-hmm. well, uh, world world uh, renowned now. Mm-hmm. Everybody's read them. They're you know they're making movies now. They're starting to make movies. You know, she knows that she she will be financially taken care of the rest of her life mm-hmm. from even if it's just these three books. The yeah. whole series will be good for her. I think it's it's exciting to see somebody doing something they're passionate about. And I think you, you can see that in like a piece of artwork. You can yeah. hear that in music. You can see it in a film and you can read it, I suppose. And I feel like in this book, that's even as a young child, well, I guess 13 year old, I feel like I felt Teenager. that. Yeah. yeah, that like I could see like this is somebody's passion project mm-hmm. and that is very meaningful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just love it. It's a great book. It's, it is phenomenal. But so, um, let me ask. Did we say the demi- the word Dementor once in this? Yeah, we, we did. did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which we That's can kind of go over a little bit. Like I said, there's so much you can get into. If you guys want to have a really interesting um, history lesson about what the Dementors are and where they come from, check out that page because it's kind of interesting. They're supposed to be actually man made or wizard made. Actually, really, they are horrifying. That's and I do feel from, like they're actually a dark wizard thing actually dark it's really well, a dark wizard in particular very an insane one it's pretty cool look it up sometime on youtube it's a like i said i went down like i told you i went down a deep rabbit hole of mm-hmm. harry potter lore a while about a year ago and it was it was fun i had a blast with it so um i would highly recommend it um anyways so without spoiling too much more of the book uh are there any other quotes that really stood out to you at all um or anything, anything like that Mm. nothing in particular no i think the one i said about dumbledore when he was telling hermione to use the time turner and it's like if you work you know quickly then more than one innocent life will be spared tonight because that one like even reading it for the first time not knowing what's going on thinking like oh who's he talking about because serious obviously but then the second one Buckbeak's going to be executed. Whoa. Yep. And that I love how they okay. free Buckbeak. They're and bo- they're both saved. Sirius takes him. Yeah. And so Sirius and Buckbeak go flying off together. So, yeah, that was uh, that's our brief synopsis and uh, <laughs> our 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 it's explanations and our critiquing of the, of the of the of the book. I don't know you know, that I had any critiques for the book. I had critiques. <laughs> oh. It's it can be positive critique as well, you know, what you liked more about most about the book, what you didn't like about the book. Yeah. So there you go. So and the majority of folks, uh, whenever this book came out, uh, they were very enthusiastic about it. Uh, Gregory Maguire wrote a review in The New York Times for the prisoner of Azkaban. And he said, quote, so far in terms of plot, 
The books do nothing new, but they do it brilliantly. So far, so good. End quote. And so, like I said, that's kind of the my feeling about the book. Like I said, it's not anything she has. She doesn't really throw a ton of new ideas into the into the mix, but she definitely expounds on the world within uh, Harry Potter, the Harry Potter, the Potterverse, as it were. And she does it better in my opinion, she's really found kind of found her. It's kind of like, um, somebody going from high school basketball or, or some kind of sort of sport into college level basketball. And then finally going into like professional sports this is kind of how I feel about it. She's really kind of upped her game a little bit. Um, yes, ma'am. What's that? Oh, is that what I it's was called? Just wanting to show, is that the thing you were talking about? The so Potterverse. No, are the, those the movie. I think those are YouTube the books. Channel? Those are the so people. So in the Potterverse, um, they actually Sorry, uh, read the books. You. They read oh. the books. Yeah, and actually, it was fun fact. Um, during the pandemic, if you guys want to hear something really cool, um, the original cast of the Harry Potter actually all got together and they they read all through all the books and they each read a chapter. So you have Daniel Radcliffe. Um, uh wow, who am I not Hermione Granger? Um uh, Emma, Emma Tom Ta- Emma 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 Stone. No. no. Emma Stone's awesome, but no. Um Wow. I'm having a brain fart of her last name. Well, Rupert Grint. Yeah, he is. does one. But then you actually it was it's really interesting. They got everybody to come in and do a little bit of the reading, but it was really fun. Emma Watson. You're right, yeah. So it's, it just took a little bit to get, get to me, but they all, everyone came in, they did, they read a uh, chapter of the books and they, it was really, really fun to listen to it. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to hear something like that, that's, that's also on there. Like I said, all the audiobooks are online on YouTube for free. You can listen to them. So um, I would always hi- highly suggest that. So, um, and then as well as the only, like I said, the only negative review that I was able to find um, came from Anthony Holden. Um, he was actually, uh, so he was re- one of the judges, uh, reviewing the prisoner of Azkaban for, for the that. white with the Whitbread award. Um, so he is quoted as saying, uh, that the characters are all quote, all black and white end quote. And the story and the quote storylines are predictable, the suspense minimal and the say, uh, sentimentality clowing every cloying every page end quote so yeah i would have to that's kind of somebody who's just like with that man but yeah that's okay that's, that's that's basically somebody that i think has kind of doesn't have a lust for life in my opinion <laughs> seems <laughs> you when, think he's like an old sad person i wouldn't say an old window, sad person i think he's just he's just a morose person that wants to have like heck. doom and gloom in all of his books you can you can have like sad books and sad points in your books and and, and sad things to read like a little bit of hp lovecraft maybe horror or whatever it is but at the same time you gotta have a little bit of like lightheartedness and like i said maybe it was just Maybe he was having a bad point in his life and he just didn't like the book, you know? Getting oh. into like the mental, like how was this man feeling? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, but like anyway. I said, but anyways, like I said, it's, it, it, that was the very, very small minority for these books. Um, so much so that the prisoner, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban actually won several awards, including the 1999 Book, Bookless Editor's Choice Award, the 1999 Bram Stoker Award for Best Work for Young Readers, uh, the 1999 uh, FG, FCGB Children's Book Award. Uh, he actually won the White Whitbread Award, a book award. Um, but like I said, it just goes on and on and on. She actually, the biggest one, she was nominated for 2000 Hugo Award, um, but she lost uh, that award. But like I said, it, there's so many, you know, different uh, awards and things that she was nominated for or in this that I was just amazed that she didn't get, which it kind of made me sad. I'm, I'm, you know, it is what it is, but eventually it really didn't matter all that much. Um, yeah. And she waking back up now. She is. Yeah. She decided she wanted to wake back up. I think the up. point is if, from kind of skimming through what you had written about the, the awards one, I think out of all the seven books, this one really connected with people. Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's clear. No, oh, absolutely. Um, but everybody has their favorite thing. Yeah. And everyone has their, you know, kind of their favorite ideas and things like that. But, and they said they, they eventually, you know, obviously even if it was, it was a critical, a critical success was also a commercial success. So from what we can tell the sales by 2012, uh, showed that over 3 million copies, 3.3 million copies were sold worldwide. So, and on top of that, 68,000 copies were sold just in the UK in the first three days of publication. So <laughs> that says a lot about it. Um, yeah. going well, from I there. Think two people were getting excited because the first and then the second you read those. Yeah. And... Kind of, ha- oh. it's, that's okay, sweetie. It's okay. If you want to pick her up, that's fine. She enjoyed the book as well. She, even though she has never read it yet, she still enjoyed it. But yeah, like I said, people start to have this fervor and you start to have kind of start to notice it later on even because um, did you go to the uh, the final uh, book release with me at Barnes and Nobles? For, yeah, I did. Yeah, we did. I was I was excited about that. I was really happy to go with you, too, because that was we were we were had just started dating a little bit. Oh, my goodness. It's OK, sweetie. Yeah, that's not me. That's our three-month-old baby. Are you sure? It sounded like you. It's all right, all right, all right. <laughs> He's okay, sweetie pea. She says, don't you dare call me that. Anger. Okay, I'm sorry. I got, we'll cut that out then. But yeah, so obviously you have all these copies commercially, you know, uh, all these copies that are sold commercially. It's a success. Critically, it's a success. success. If I could talk, that'd be great. I'm I'm speaking parcel. There it is. There it is. Gathering my roots. Uh, My roots. And eventually, uh, the really cool thing about some of the adaptations that they came up it was such a commercial success that they uh, opted for. This is when they actually announced that they would be coming out with the movies in a few years. Actually, they, they were going to start filming. They're, they had started looking for talent and things like that. And that is why you. Um, it's pretty much in the year twenty or two thousand and one is whenever the first film comes out. Yes. And that's so immediately after this comes out, they start looking for people, and that's where you get these big name are these unknown names at the time of Emma Watson, Daniel Radcliffe, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Rupert, uh, Grint. Grint. I was, I was going to call him Rupert Giles from Buffy. I don't know why. So <laughs> definitely not the same guy. Very different. And they, they start to bring all these people in and they start to build this world and, and put it into film version for us at the very minimum. But they do all kinds of different things with this book. They've reiterated this book so many times. They've done il- illustrative versions. They've Sometimes they've done a Spanish illustrative version that j- somebody might have. I haven't bought the third one yet. We you didn't buy it? And second. It's going <sighs> to be for Christmas. Oh, okay. We're buying them for our son, but he's two, so we have... I mean, we can wait a little bit. <laughs> he just kind of opens up and looks at the pages that's all he really does right now because i went i did that i let him look at it one day and he was really enamored with it i kind of want to read it with him whenever he gets old enough so kind of do what my mom did with me uh kind of read read over to like do a, a couple pages a night or something like that that'd be really fun but on top of that like i said this 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 movie has been adapted into uh games uh they came out with a harry potter and the prisoner of azkaban video game on its own they put it into legos They've done all kinds of things with this thing, you know. It's it it was just a huge commercial success, uh, and it, it just never stops giving, as far as I as far as I can tell. So, but yeah, for one final quote before we leave, Jackie, and then I will not uh, I will stop quoting, um, putting you know putting out quotes so that uh, you can give your ears a rest. Uh, would you like to read it, or would you like me to read it? Um, it depends on how much he's doing. I'll give it a shot. Okay. What's the quote? It's this one right there. Okay. Happiness can be found even in the darkest of times. If one only remembers to turn on the light. And that is when Dumbledore is talking to Harry, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's like towards that's the end. That's after a Dementor attack. Maybe. That's towards the. That's towards the end. Whenever um, he takes off and one of the Dementors tries to attack Harry, I think, and then Dumbledore is just like, expect a Patronum. I think and he does. No, that that doesn't happen. 
No, he doesn't. Have me quote, no. The, I would have to look up. I remember that quote, but I don't remember exactly when it happens. But the Dementor near the end of the book, mm-hmm. they all swarm to kill Sirius Black and Harry's with him. Trying oh, to save that's him. right. And, and he does it, yeah. that is trying to blast them away the, with the Patronus, but he's too weak. But then yeah. Harry and Hermione have been watching. Oh, that's right. And then he does the it, yeah. Because Harry was like, I saw someone cast a Patronus of a stag, it's and a I stag. saw that. It's my mom. That, it's my dad. No, he said my dad. But it was my his dad or his mom. Okay. Yeah. His mom's was a doe. Mm. His dad's was the stag. And he's like, I, I have to. couldn't remember which one it was. He's like, I want to go back to the lake and see who cast that Patronus to save us. So he and Hermione are watching and the Dementors just keep coming and coming and he sees himself and Sirius off there. And he's like, Hermione said, well, no one's coming. And he's realizing, oh my gosh, we're going to die. And then he's like, I did it. And he jumps up and he casts the Patronus. Well, and the stag he thinks of that out. happiest thought that he can think of, which is I'm going to I'm going to have a home with Sirius. I'm going to have a family finally. Mm-hmm. And that's when he kicks it off. So he's able to cast it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I remember now. So that's I couldn't remember that. It's a dramatic part. Now that you've said it, it totally kicks back to me. So, but but yeah. So that is our episode and our I guess quote unquote on our 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 unofficial review of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Uh, how many hippogriffs would you give it out of uh, ten? Ten. You'd give it ten. I'd give it a nine, probably. You always would. Always room for improvement. Always. Now you sound like a teacher. <laughs> Jackie, I want to thank you and I want to thank Marcy for joining me today. Yes, yeah, my dad voice. Yeah, thank you, Marcy. She oh, made a little she says, <laughs> she says, I'm a little piggy. Here's my snout. Oink, 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 oink. <laughs> Don't call it that. Anyway, thank you for talking to me about something I enjoyed. You're like, I'm so done. I'm so done. Marcy says, I'm done too. But anyways, I just want to say thanks for everybody to coming in and listening today. Marcy, thanks for you know telling us your opinion about the wonderful Wizarding World. If you guys liked what you heard here today, please uh, let us know. If you didn't like what you heard today, also let us know. And we need all the reviews and the help that we can get whenever we're trying to figure out what you guys, what our audience and what you guys are enjoying. Um... And I believe, hopefully, in the near future, we will try and do the next four books. This is going to be uh, an ongoing Harry Potter series that we're going to have, hopefully, for the next couple months. Um, we will get it done, I hopefully, in the next, you know, a uh, few months or so, because we still, like I said, we still got four more books to do. But again, guys, I appreciate you coming in and listening to us. Uh, I'm going to say, everyone, have a wonderful day. And... Uh, May you guys find your Patronus. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a wonderful day. Bye. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.